you asked for it. And so over the past two weeks, we've talked about a few of those topics that you guys asked for back at Easter. The very first week, we talked about spiritual warfare. You want to know what does the Bible say about spiritual warfare? What is it? And, and, uh, how do you engage in it? What's that look like? Does it look like what you see in Hollywood or does it look like something else? And here's the most important part of it. How do you win, right? How do you win the spiritual battles that you find yourself in? And then, then last week we talked about dealing with difficult people. And, uh, I'll tell you what, some of you guys, I know that that was just a, a timely message because of who you were hanging out with at Thanksgiving, right? Some difficult people, no one in here would admit it, but I'm sure that uh, some of those tactics came in handy in dealing with difficult people. And so today we're going to ask, we're going to answer the, the third and final uh, question, the top one, is how do I handle stress? How do I handle stress? Stress is something that we all experience at some time or another. About 44% of Americans say that they feel more stressed out than they did five years ago. They say about one in, in, in five people experience extreme uh, symptoms of stress like racing heart. They can't sleep well at night. Uh, they're, they're, they're feeling... Um, the, the anxiety all the time. Uh, they say that about one in 10 illnesses have it, or actually I think it's about 60%, six out of 10 illnesses have their root in stress. They have their roots in stress. So, so this is a big deal for us. How do we handle it? And the interesting thing is some people think, well, I gave my life to Jesus. I expected to be stress-free after that. Like, he'd just take all my problems away. And if only it worked that way, right? If only it worked that way. There will be a time where that happens, but it's not on this side of eternity. In fact, in John chapter 16, Jesus said this. He said, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. In this world, you could even say, you will have stress, but be of good cheer because I've overcome the world. And so there's kind of like the bad news in that, like, hey, you know what? Guess what? Uh, Not everything goes perfect all the time, and you're going to have trouble. This is God saying this to us, right? He's saying there is going to be trouble that you, my people, experience, but be of good cheer because I've overcome it. And I'm saying these things to you. I'm telling you some stuff so that even in the midst of the troubles, you can still have peace. Because there are people who are experiencing all the same things that we are, and yet they have peace. It's not circumstances that will give you peace or cause you to be stress-free. It's what's on the inside. And you've heard the saying, you know, we carry the weather on the inside. There may be storms out there, but on the inside, it's sunny, man. It, it's, it's warm. It's like 80 degrees and I'm sitting by the beach, right? I mean, it's, it's perfect on the inside. Well, the Lord wants to bring you to that point to where your uh, stress levels are not dictated by what's going on around you. But we do experience stress and there's all kinds of reasons for it. Uh, we talked a little bit about one of them last week with relationships and difficult people. Uh, that can be a cause of stress. Some people who are wanting to get married, man, they're stressed out about that. Some people who got married, they're stressed out about that, right? Some people are stressed about their jobs. The job, you know, am I going to have my job? Holiday season is a notorious time for businesses to make the layoffs and the cuts right at the Christmas. Like, you know, Merry Christmas, you're out of a job because they're having to make decisions 
means financially for the next year. And I'd hate to be in that place to where I'd have to do that to someone, but that's a reality that we deal with. Sometimes there's deadlines at work and at school. There's all these other activities. Sometimes there's, uh, there's ongoing illnesses that just haven't, you know, we haven't gotten over and it's wearing us down. Sometimes we're dealing with legal issues, parenting, if you have kids, kids, if you have parents, all of that can cause you stress, right? Not in my house, of course, but uh, other people's houses, my neighbors, I hear them. Nevertheless, there's expectations we have of other people or how things would turn out and they don't always turn out that way. That can cause us stress. Sometimes there's unresolved sin. We just haven't dealt with some stuff, got free from it. And it's just lurking there in the background. Well, the Lord wants to give us freedom from from that, especially the unresolved sin. But in the midst of all these other things, he wants to set us free, give us that peace from from the stress. Now, some of you would think, okay, so am I ever going to get to a point where, where things don't bring stress to me, stress me out. Like, I know there'll be circumstances, but will I ever be able to deal with it? Absolutely. Absolutely. You don't have to live a stressful life. And you can catch it when you do. Now, I have, a, I have experienced this just recently in my life. I'm a pretty steady, stable person. Like this. I mean, this is, this is my excited face. This is my angry face. This is my happy. This is my sad. Like, I'm pretty steady, stable. My wife would say, hey, are you excited about this or that? Yeah. She's like, you are? How could I tell? You know, or how's that make you feel? Does that, I mean, does that kind of upset you, frustrate you? Yeah. Well, you know, you're like this. And uh, I'm just pretty steady, stable of a person. I don't fret, and sometimes we think of stressing as, you know, I'm biting the nails, pulling the hair out, I'm just really anxious. That is how I can show up in some people's life. Uh, That's not how it would show up in my life, and because of that, I have to be even more aware of what I'm feeling, because I'm not always in touch with what's going on in here, like maybe my wife is, right, or some of you guys who are just in touch with yourselves. I'm just, you know, meat and potatoes, kind of what you see is what you get, but sometimes I don't pay attention to what's going on inside for quite a while. Can anyone relate to this? Do you at least know somebody like that, right? That's me. Well, uh, this past summer, I, right at, around June coming into July, I started to feel off. I was just, I got to a point where I'm having a hard time making decisions. Now, I'm typically indecisive. I fall into analysis paralysis anyways because I like to see all my options, and then I don't know what to do. Like, I don't know if I do this, then I'm going to miss out on that, right? And then if I do make a decision, I look at the ads the next day to see if I could have got it somewhere else still. You know, I'm that kind of person. But it wasn't that. It was beyond that to where basic decisions, leadership decisions, calendaring decisions, strategic decisions, uh, all of that there, I just felt like, man, I just, I'm just not sharp to make the right decisions for for church, a home, or whatever. And that's not normal for me. That's not normal. So I thought, this is kind of off. Things that would normally fill my tank, I realized this is starting to be like a drain on the inside. Like, I, I'm not even motivated. I don't have a lot of drive on the inside to do, to do some things. Um, I was... I would be at rest, and I'm not saying that I was overworking because I wasn't. I typically pace myself pretty well. Some people get stressed out because they're working so hard to get so much done in unrealistic time frames. I don't typically have that problem. I, I've learned that you know my steady, stable personality also goes into my pace that I set in life. You know, there there are 
busier and less busy times. But it wasn't that. And so even though I was in a place of rest, I started experiencing this adrenaline drip in my heart to where my heart would start racing. Now, adrenaline's good when you're about to exercise, when you're about to defend your life against a bear attacking you, when you're about to run from some bad guys and hope that your friend is slower than you so you get away. Adrenaline is good in those situations. But when you're sitting there relaxed and you've done nothing all day and like you've even like cut out the coffee and all of a sudden your heart starts racing, that's bad. That's a bad sign. And uh, I know people who have had those signs and others and haven't dealt with it. And they get to the point to where they don't pull back and get refreshed and restored and relief from that stress soon enough. And they either have a breakdown to where they're, they're mentally like, uh, you know, they're staring at walls crying. And I, I mean, I know, know people who said that, like, I don't know why I'm just, I feel this way and I can't get out of it. Uh, or they get really sick and their body breaks down and causes them to take a rest because, because their body can't recover and so forth. I was having difficult sleeping at night. And uh, I thought, this isn't, this isn't normal. And because I don't stress out or like, identify, like, I'm really worried about this or that or that, you know, I learned we don't speak our worries out. Like, you don't go around saying, I'm so worried, I'm so afraid, I'm so this. Well, you don't do that because your words are powerful. So I didn't recognize some of these things going on behind the scenes. And all of it had been catching up with me. Now, I want to back up a little bit because it wasn't that all of a sudden in June, you know, I just started to get stressed out. Uh, there is a, if, it was, if I was to back up several years uh, looking at what built into this, they say some of the most stressful things to happen to you in life are um, job changes, when you change your, you move a home, a marriage or one breaking apart even more so, and the death in a family. You, you, lose, you lose a loved one. All of those things are major um, stressors in your life. And so I experienced several of those. Uh, my family, we uprooted about four and a half years ago. We're living in Southern California, moved out to Battle Creek to plant a church. So we move. And we have kind of a job adjustment, a significant one, starting a church basically just about from scratch there. We're in a new community. Uh, we have to do new schools. You have to find new places to get your groceries, new friends around because we knew nobody at that time. Thankfully, some came, came with us and we had Insta friends and then we started to get to know some others as well. But uh, all of that was a new transition for us. And then winter came and that was a new thing for us. And then the polar vortex kept coming and that was, you know, that was really new for us. And, and winter seems new every time, but that, those are major transitions that are happening in life. About nine years ago, my dad had a stroke. And so though he, you know, he's still alive, but for nine years, he's been paralyzed on, a, on his left side. And, and uh, you know, there's always that, that uh, thought when my phone rings and I see it's my, coming from either my dad's number or at the assisted living place where he lives, or maybe my brother, you know, that call doesn't happen very often, but I, there's always that thought in the back of the mind. This could be that call. And so it's just one of those things that, that's running there. Now, over about the past, oh, and by the way, we planted that church, we planted that campus, and less than a year later, uh, this campus here that we're in, uh, 
little transition, I stepped into this role as Pastor Neil stepped out, and I was an interim pastor for three months. So my wife and kids are still leading, you know, my wife's still leading that campus over there in Battle Creek. I'm leading this one. And we're at a period of uncertainty. In the midst of that, there's a lot of change going on right here. And some people wondering what's going on and some, you know, leaders leaving. And then we're in facility changes, you know, two different times we changed the buildings in the midst of that. And people are saying, hey, I'm glad I finally found the church again, you know, and so trying to lead through that and people saying, hey, this is my last Sunday or whatever. And, and uh, that, you know, walking through that and finally the decision was made, we're going to lead these two different campuses separately. And so for about a two-year period, we we're going two different directions and we really felt like that was the will of the Lord. But nevertheless, there's, uh, there's cost associated with it. Plus, in the midst of that, you know, as a pastor, I'm not just sitting here teaching messages and and, and reading and praying all day, but I actually talk to people. And sometimes, every so often, someone has an issue. And so they're talking to you about these issues. And, uh, you know, when your heart is for somebody, you don't just simply talk about their issue and then wash your hands saying, oh, you know, what, you know, too bad for them, but my life is fine. But you carry some of that with you because you love the people. And and, um, you know, we know how to bring it before the Lord, but it doesn't mean that we're not thinking about it and, and wondering and concerned about it. And so all those things over the years, and of course, we've been in ministry for over 20 years, so it's not just the past few, uh, but that's happening in the midst of it. And then we go into an 18-month period of significant milestones in our lives. So my kids all have... Uh, pretty significant changes that take place. My oldest turns 18. She gets her license. Before she gets her license in the mail, she totals her car. She goes to the hospital. We're dealing with the hospital bills. We're dealing with that for a long time. It's still not even completely all dealt with. I still get stuff in the mail and phone calls associated with it. She turns 18, she graduates school, and before then, she's going to work, and kids are going to sports, and they're not all driving themselves all the time. We become a taxi service for our own family, and I have no life. All I do is drive. All my wife does is drives. And so it's like I'm trying to actually do something, you know, at work or at home, and I'm just driving. Or my wife is doing the same thing, and, and we're back and forth. Well, finally, she graduates. We, we get her sent off to uh, Southern California. She, she moves the oldest. My, my uh, second daughter here, she turns 16. She starts driving. She doesn't wreck. But she, uh, <laughs> that's a major milestone. She turns 16. My, my third child, my son, he turns 13. I have three teenagers in the home all of a sudden. My youngest, he goes from single digits to double digits. We move, you know, at some point into the new home there, and some of them are changing up with their school and so forth. Those are some of the milestones there. And then, and then my wife and I, we have our 20-year anniversary, 20-year wedding anniversary. And then I turn 30 years old, <laughs> plus 10. And, and I know that some of you are, are past that and you would understand this. Others of you who are, are well before that, you don't understand it and I didn't either. But all of a sudden you get to about this point in life and all of a sudden you start to feel a little bit older, okay? And that a season of life has changed. And so you start asking questions. What have I accomplished and what does this next season look like? And what should, does my focus need to be on? And am I really prepared for that season you know, although I believe I have more life ahead of me than I do behind me, 
in terms of years as well as experience. Uh, I really do believe that. But nevertheless, it's a time of reflection. And by the way, I am about 25 up here. But the rest of me, it's trying to insist on me being 40 years old. And so the things that I think I can do mentally, my body doesn't always agree with. And, and sometimes reminds me my recovery time is less. And so not only that, but, but although, you know, guys, hormones and, and emotions, you know, we typically, although I know some guys go on their like monthly thing, it seems like, and women would love to point it out, like, what is wrong with you? You know, is this, are you on your man thing or whatever? Nevertheless, we're not like that, but stuff changes, right? My, your, the way you relate and, and your energy levels and all of that changes, I went to the doctor back up, before, you know, about a year prior. I went to the doctor for my, my every 20-year physical. And um, when I was talking to him about some of the situations, you know, in my life, he's asking all these questions about life transition and so forth and how I'm feeling. And I, if I was to look back, I'd realize that some of those symptoms were showing up then. Some of those symptoms and feelings and so forth. And I talked to him about it. And he said, well, you've had some significant stress in your life. And I said, no, I haven't. I don't stress. I'm not one of those people. I don't stress. He said, no, 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 no. You may not feel like you're stressing over things, but all of this stuff is having an effect on your life. It's sort of like your computer. You have the program open that you're looking at. That's your daily life and all this stuff. But behind the scenes, in the background, you have all these other programs that are still open. All those other things are like those programs and they're running and they're causing uh, you to be sluggish and your body feels them even if your mind's not aware of them, like your, your conscious mind. But behind the scenes, it's all fully aware of what's going on. You just don't see it yet. Well, over the next year, you know, we continued to have transition leading up to July, leading up to that period where I felt like if I don't catch this right now, this could be bad this could be bad. And uh, I didn't want it to be bad. Thank God we had uh, a um, vacation time scheduled right about that point. And so, man, we took a week. We went out to North Carolina, visited some friends. I unplugged from everything, phone, turned everything off, texts, emails, all that. The only thing I had, I had audible.com and I listened to a book on tape as I drove for the 10 hours to get out there. And we just relaxed. I didn't think about anything important. We went and visited this great church out there. And uh, I didn't even ask them any questions about church. I just went in, enjoyed, and left. And uh, had a good time with friends. And then when we came back, I spent about another week just working out in the lawn. I skipped church two weeks in a row. And I just worked and built a fence and did some of these things. And just uh, part of that was was unplugging for a while, knowing I need to back away. And uh, in the midst of that, not unplug, but plug in to the Lord and press in to my time with God. I also have a good friend. He's a pastor to pastors, and he counsels pastors from all over the United States. And so I started spending more time with him, talking to him, and just walking me through what's going on. Uh, getting counsel is a good thing to do. You know, sometimes we think, I don't need it. I don't need it until you have to have it. Don't wait till you have to have it. Get somebody to speak into your life before then. So I did that, and then I made some adjustments to how I spend time with the Lord, some time with my wife, and just around the home and my schedule and so forth. And I'm still working those those things out. But I'll tell you, just in a very short time, for me, God was able to bring such a refreshing 
to me on the inside and turn some things around. And I realized that though I don't stress out, I was experiencing stress. Your situation may be different, but I think you might be able to relate to some of that there because of schedule, because of change, because of what's coming up, by, because of what happened or didn't happen. And all of those things can become another weight that we carry, even if on the front side, man, I'm full of hope and joy and faith and I'm strong, but it's going on behind the scenes. In Psalm chapter 34, 19, it says this, many of their Many are the afflictions of the righteous. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. I wish it said none, but it says many. And, um, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. And that's the good news with this. But that word affliction, it's not just like, you know, someone is whipping you, affliction. But it really goes back to how the, the Assyrian people at that time, who were a very violent group of people, uh, how they would sometimes torture their captives. Oftentimes they would tie them to a post and they would just begin to stack rock after rock after rock all around them and on top of them until it crushes them. Those afflictions, those heavy weights that just one after another eventually crushes you. And so life can offer those afflictions, those heavy burdens that we bury, that we carry, but the Lord, he will deliver you out of them. And that's what we want to get to when we think about how do I handle stress? Some of the main culprits for stress, I mentioned some of them. One of the big ones is relationships. We talked a little bit about last week. Two more big ones are time and money. Time and money. Both of these things can, can, um, can rob us of our peace and present a whole lot of time. Time, I don't have enough time to do the things I want to do. The deadline is coming up too soon, or I feel like I've wasted time, or I don't know, I don't have any margin in my life, so I can't rest or catch my breath. It is one thing after another. And you know, the interesting thing about time, you can either be a victim of it, like not in control of it, and so all the events scheduled, or you can take control uh, of, of the time that God has given you. We all have the same amount of time, and believe it or not, you really are in charge of your time. You may have said yes to a lot of things that have caused you to give up freedom, but you are the one that is in charge of your time and you can turn some things around. In the book of Daniel, uh, there's a scripture where it talks about the king of Babylon who's throwing a party and all of a sudden there's a hand writing on the wall where that, sa- that saying comes from. We see the handwriting on the wall. Well, all of a sudden they're in this party and it's like this Adam's family hand or something, you know, shows up and it writes some words on the wall and the king He knows it's for him, but he can't interpret it. So he calls Daniel, you know, Daniel in the lion's den, Daniel. And Daniel comes and he interprets the saying. And this is what he says in Daniel chapter five. This message that was written, meeny, meeny, tekel, and parson, this is what these words mean. Meeny means numbered. God has numbered the days of your reign and has brought it to an end. Tekel means weighed. You have been weighed on the balances and have not measured up. Parson means divided. Your kingdom has been divided and it's been given to the Medes and the Persians. So, you know, that's, a, you know, that's interesting what, what God is saying to him. But what does that say to us? God's not wanting to bring judgment to our life, but he is telling us something. He's saying this, your days are numbered. Your days are numbered. Tell the person next to you, your days are numbered. And if you don't do something about it, it's going to cost you. If you, your days are numbered, our days are limited. 
Are you, do you, you realize that, that life is pretty short? And as much as you might have ahead of you, those days are numbered. They're limited and they'll come to an end. And so you've got to do something about that. You've got to do something about it because you don't want to miss out. It will cost you something if you don't. It'll cost you the joy at the, towards the end of your life of feeling like, man, I have fulfilled the call and plan of God in my life. I have done the right things with my kids, with my career, with my calling, with my ministry. Before the Lord, I haven't wasted time. If you order your days right, it'll relieve stress. But this can be a cause of it if you don't. The second thing is money. I don't know about you, but I know that in my life, I've experienced some tension at times with money. And this is a a significant cause of challenges within marriages, right? So often we're not in agreement on how to spend money, uh, on what to do regarding debt, we're, we're not on the same page with it, and when money comes in, we don't always, you know, agree on how to, how to deal with that either. Money issues, typically associated with feeling like, I don't have enough money. I've heard that you can have so much money that that also causes stress. I haven't experienced that yet. <laughs> I would be willing, if you guys want to pitch and say, hey, let's, let's, let's do a, 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 a test here, scientific, you know, experiment, and let's see what happens when someone has too much money. I'll sign up for that. But I haven't experienced that yet, but I've heard that in the same manner because we know money doesn't solve problems or it doesn't relieve stress. It's not the solution that brings us peace. And there's so many people who have plenty of it and they're still a wreck. And so people find themselves in debt, credit card debt, school debt, automobile debt, home, you know, medical bills, all these things. And it's one brick right on top of another, one stone right on another, and it can crush us. There are some real practical things that we can do to get these things in order. How do we budget our time and our money? And uh, while I'd love to walk you through a number of them, there's just some simple ones that, that I can tell you. For example, oftentimes we're stressed out over our schedule, all the things we have going on, or our finances, and it's because we don't have it all written down somewhere. We don't have it all written down somewhere. So if you are stressed out about either one of those things, you need to start just write down everything. Write down your schedule. Write down your bills, your expenses, your income. And if you're married, do it with your spouse so that you both can see it and both be on the same page so that there's not a fight about, well, why won't you, you know, why won't you let me spend more money on groceries? Or why won't, you know, why can't we do this? Or why can't we do that? So that we can all see, this is what we have to spend. And another cause of stress related to debt, and it really is the same with time, is we try to live above our means. When the reality is we need to step back and think, these are what my means are. In other words, the time allotted to me, or this is the finances I have. And we need to live actually not at them, but below them. So that between here and here, there's margin, right? And when you have margin, guess what? Oh, something comes and you hit a bump. Well, guess what? You don't go over, you go up to that level, right? And so this is important. If you're in high school, you're in college, uh, don't get into debt. Best, best uh, advice counsel that Julie and I got before we got married, don't get into consumer debt. For the most part of our, our marriage, we, we listened. <laughs> there are times, though, when we didn't, and I'll tell you what, I hated it every time. Never like having to pay bills for months and months, even though I enjoyed the purchase of it before. 
being debt free, and this isn't just for those who are young, all of us live within your means. When you're operating on debt, and I don't mean someone who just uses a credit card and pays it off completely, but when you operate on debt, it just adds pressure to your life and you end up just extending the pain of it. And so that would be one of the most practical things. But, but beyond all the, the principles, you know, take classes, learn how to be better managers and stewards. I want to give you three quick things that'll help you to line all those principles up. And the first thing is this, uh, you need to li- live your life with a sense of purpose and urgency. So often we spend our time, we spend our money all over the place or in the wrong places because we don't even know what we're doing. We don't even know why we're doing it. We don't even know what God's put us here on earth for. What is God's plan and purpose for your life? This is one of the things that we try to help people with in our discipleship classes, OSL. Hey, how do you hear God's voice? What does God say about you? What's his plan for your life? You're only going to find out your purpose from the one who made you. And so the world's never going to be able to tell you what you exist for, but God will. And when you find that out, then you can align your time, your money, your relationships to serve your purpose, right? My wife and I took three days this week to do a mission, a mission, a marriage vision retreat. And so this was something that is put out there by Marriage Today. Jimmy Evans, Pastor Jimmy Evans does, has a huge uh, worldwide marriage ministry. And so we took these three days, uh, went up to Gold Lake, the uh, resort over there, because they give it to you for like free for pastors (laughs) once a year. And we thought, if it's free, it's me. So I'm up there. (laughs) And uh, some of you guys could do it at home or whatever, or or actually get the hotel, whatever you need to do. But uh, we got together and we talked and we prayed and it walks you through all these questions. And so sometimes you're dealing with just the issues you have with each other. And, and if you're married, you have issues. Just like if you're single, you have issues. And so we deal with those. But then we start to really get a sense of, God, why do you called us together? What do you want us to accomplish in this life? And as a result of that, and we got a good sense of this, the first time we've done it ever, 20 years, we did that. Then it helps us to align our calendar next year. Hey, because this is who we are and what we're called to do, these are the things we're going to do as a married couple and as a family. These are some of the things we're going to save for. These are some of the things we're not going to do. And financially, we're in agreement, debt freedom, debt freedom. We want to stay debt free. We'll only make financial decisions that move us towards debt freedom, not away from it. And so even if it comes to buying a house, selling a house or whatever, not going to take on more debt, only if it's less. You know, everything we do, only if it moves us in that direction. But because we have purpose, we know what to say yes to and what to say no to. If you are not settled on your purpose, you'll say yes to the wrong things, or you might say no to the right thing. Do you know your purpose? You've got to go back to that. Psalm 39, 4 and 5 says, remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me that my days are numbered and that my life is fleeing away. My life is no longer than the width of my hand. An entire lifetime is just a moment to you. Human existence is but a breath. And that's what our life is. It's like a vapor. So you've got to live with a sense of purpose and urgency. Second thing is once you know your purpose, then you put first things first. So this is how you can prioritize. Some people just throw out priorities that sound good or they've heard someone else say it. But my priorities may not be your priorities. We all have this priority that God is first. That if you put God first in your scheduling, then I'll tell you what, you'll have peace in your schedule, in your calendar. 
Because you prayed about those things, you presented them before the Lord, you had a good sense of why you're doing those things. Even when it comes to your job, why am I working? Why am I working? Well, you know what? I have bills to pay. You know, I have to eat and so forth. Great. And then what are you doing with the other time? Why are you working that job? Is this, you know, is there something that the Lord has more for you or different for you? Don't quit till you move into that, by the way. But here's good, good counsel and advice. It's general counsel. Don't quit this job because someday you want to find another one, right? <laughs> because you will be living on someone's couch. And so... Don't, don't quit and then, and then find one. Um, but when you put first things first, it, it's in my, in my finances, for example, Lord God, I'm going to put you first. I'm going to honor you with the tithe, 10 cents on every dollar. Some people say, I don't have enough to tithe. Well, do you have a dollar? Yeah. Well, it's only 10 cents. Can you do 10 cents? Yeah, I could do that. Well, I have too much money to tithe. Well, what, what do you mean? You have a million dollars that you're making a month? Yeah, that's $100,000. No, it isn't. It's only 10 cents out of every dollar. But when you put God first, what you're saying is, is, Lord, I'm believing you to cover everything. And so some of the times we would say this, and I understand it completely. If I do that, then I won't have the ability to, to pay these other things. Well, if that is the situation you're in, you're going to say no to somebody. You just have to determine who it's going to be. Are you going to say no to God? Are you going to say no to your creditor? Are you going to say no to you? You know, who are you going to say no to? You're making that decision, so put first things first. I want to say yes to the Lord because I want God to say yes to me as well, right? And I want to look to him as my source. We order those things. Then we save and we pay bills, right? And and you just, however you got to do that, you know, you put first things first. You put first things first in your day. Put a Bible next to your nightstand before you get out of bed. Man, I'm going to spend one, one, one chapter a chapter of the Bible will take you from three to five minutes to read. This week, I, I, in fact, the past two weeks, I, uh, I wrote out a little plan so I can read the entire New Testament. There's 260 chapters in the New Testament. Well, I started to break that down. Well, if I read 13 chapters a day, that's 20 days. I'll read the whole New Testament in 20 days. So I started reading in some days, you know, because of how it all would fit together, it'd be a little bit more, a little bit less and so forth. But I think, man, in about a half hour a day of reading, I can read through, you know, the entire New Testament in about 20 days here. And uh, it, you think a half hour, that's not that long. For some of you, it may be a long time. Start at the five-minute mark. It's not, just, it's not when you stop, it's when you start. Just start. But put God first. Get out of bed. Start to talk to God on your way to your shower. You sound beautiful in the shower. Start to sing. Give God you know, praise and worship. And talk to him about your day as you're getting ready. Put him first. Those things right there, when you know your purpose, and then you can put first things first, all of a sudden the other areas start to line up. And finally is keep your heart set on heaven. Keep your heart set on heaven. Uh, 2 Corinthians 4. Did I give you a scripture for first things first? It's Psalm 90.12. Teach us to number our days. Recognize how few they are. What? Here's a question to ask yourself. When am I going to die? <laughs> I don't ask that. No, be honest. I mean, some of you might think if everything goes like well for you, healthy, you might, like I'd say for me, I have another 80 years. Okay. You might say however long you have, right? 120 is my, my target. Some of you might say, you know, more. Some of you might say, say less if you're honest about it. Okay. What do you need to do between now and then? Right? What do I need to be doing between now and then? What do I want to accomplish? What is God calling me to do? Number your days and plan them out. What do I have to do in order to accomplish that? What does that look like? If you, don't, if you don't make decisions about your time and your money, someone else will. 
Someone else will tell you what to do with your time and your money. I have kids. They will take every dollar of mine and then some if I don't tell them no, right? Not you, of course. Those other siblings. All right, we'll get back to the third thing. I mentioned Matthew 6.33. You can write that down. But third thing is keep your heart set on heaven. Here's the deal. Earth will never satisfy you. Everything on earth, what would it profit a man if he gained the whole world and he, so, and he lost his own soul? Earth will never satisfy you. Everything that this world has to offer will never be enough to, to give you the peace and the contentment on the inside. In fact, the more you go after it here, the more stress you're going to open yourself up to. What we need to do is back up and set our heart on heaven. This is, this is the place that God has prepared for us. So not only do we set our, our heart on heaven, but what does it do? It gives us an eternal perspective to where we realize how temporal things are that we're experiencing. And then you look at things that you're experiencing in light of eternity, and you think, how big of a deal is this? Because some things really aren't that big of a deal. They're not worth stressing over. And so 2 Corinthians four sixteen through 18 says, therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, we're perishing, yet inwardly we're being renewed day by day, right? We carry the weather on the inside. For our light and momentary troubles or stresses are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen, on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal, God, I know that everything that I see is subject to change, but you never change. Everything people are saying, guess what? I I used to be a a personal trainer. I was into bodybuilding. You would never guess now because I've only been building this part up for the past few years. But um, I was into bodybuilding. I was into fitness. I used to do personal training for several years when I was younger. And uh, everything that I believed about nutrition, diet, and exercise at one point was absolutely true. And then later on, science proved that it was absolutely false. And if you believe it for long enough, it's like bell bottoms. It'll come back in style, be absolutely true again. It changes. Everything, all the wisdom of the world changes, but God's wisdom never changes. And so I set my heart and my mind on that. I look to Jesus, who's never going to change. I look to, to, to my future where I say, God, you've got a place for me. In fact, he said this in John 14. He said, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. Don't be stressed out. Trust in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. And I'm going there to prepare a place for you. So heaven's our home. And this is why we set our heart, our affection, our attention, our hopes and dreams there, there. God, we want heaven to come down to earth, but even in the midst of that, it is never going to compare to what you have for us up ahead. And so when we can live from that perspective, all of a sudden these temporary things, oh, Lord, I bring this to you and I lay it at your feet. God, I lay my, my dad's health at your feet. All these transitions in life. I lay them at your feet. I bring them before you. All these changes going on in my family, I lay them at your feet. God, the situation with my work, I lay it at your feet. Lord, with my future and how the economy is going to go and what this new administration is going to do, I lay that at your feet right there, the concern of any of that. Because I already know that all my days, though they are numbered, you have a plan for each and every one of them. 
And Lord, I want to know what that plan is and I want to walk in it. How many of you would say, that's what I want, right? That's what I want. 